0: Like sports, I could do something in sports. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color
1: Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcasting.
0: Well, that's really not bad. Hello, and welcome to a brand new podcast, Boxing One. I'm Ozan Faropi, a Toronto Blue Jays fan. I write about baseball at BeyondTheBoxScore.com, and I'm also an armchair general manager for my favorite teams, including the Toronto Raptors, Liverpool FC, and the list goes on.
1: I am Pramit Bose. I too am a Toronto Blue Jays fan, along with a Toronto Raptors fan as well.
2: And I'm uh, Ron Salgado, a Blue Jays fan. Also, a Marlins fan, Raptors fan, uh, I th- the list can go on, uh, but I, I, like we want to keep this short, so I'm just going to stop there.
0: This is a very different podcast uh, than you've ever heard of. You know, people talk about sports, but we want to go beyond and talk about m- m- topics that are actually, you know, really, really important, matters most to fans. For example, Pramit, what do we want to talk about?
1: Well, there are many topics in sports that. We want to address the unaddressed topics, the topics that people see. You mean address
0: the unaddressables, right?
1: Yes. Like w- w- the, the, what the media doesn't bring up, we will bring up for something as, for example, Dwayne Casey's wardrobe.
0: Mr. Moore's.
1: That is right.
2: The, the only thing I'm really waiting for is as soon as we get onto the Vince Carter topic uh like you guys can just cut me out of the episodes until we get to that
0: i want to talk about pat tabler my all-time favorite baseball player and the words of wisdom that we hear from him i'm gonna miss him this season
1: yes i mean when i look at him and i i look at him and i say to myself that's a ball player (laughs) he has
0: the brains and the bronze and he looks like a ball player
1: Speaking of baseball, it is now 4-0 Washington. Holy, Virginia. really? Our Japanese import John Yamaguchi is not coming as advertised.
0: That sucks. How did uh how did Pearson look today?
1: Pearson was fantastic. 5, five strikeouts. Of-
0: Actually, he struck out four of his last five batters, I think. He looked terrific.
1: Yep. Yep, I think as the game went on, he had- he seemed looked a little nervous the first inning, but as the game went on, he got
0: he got better, more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, we hear about his uh, stuff, right? I mean, we like people write about him. He's a top prospect. But man, his secondary stuff looks pretty good. Uh,
1: he's a stud. And he. we were all up in arms when uh, we lost Edwin Incarnacion, but this was a drafted compensation for him. They got the extra first round pick in 2017 and used that to get Nate Pearson. So I think. If he turns into what we expect him to turn into, I think uh, fans will finally forgive Shadow.
0: Well, I mean, it's a better return for uh, Edwin Encarnacion than replacing him with Kendrys Morales for sure.
2: I, I see. Like, I, I don't. I just feel like it's been so long since I've actually watched any sports that, like, I've forgotten most of what was going on. Like, baseball is one of those things where. I told you guys the past couple of years, like I've, I've kind of fallen off on baseball. I don't know what the reason is. I think like we discussed it. It might be the, just the, the oversaturation of people talking about analytics, but like, I don't know about you guys, but baseball, basketball, like I've almost forgotten what's happened in the, like in the past season, like in the past two seasons, it's like this, this whole lockdown has just completely sat my brain of any kind of knowledge that I had.
0: Well, it's becoming a boring game, to be very honest. I mean, we all love baseball, but it's not easy to watch. I mean, you have three outcomes, and that's about it, right? Home runs, walks, and uh, strikeouts. There's really nothing else going on these days.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we'll get into this during sure in subsequent episodes, but there's a massive pay disparity between players in their first few years of service versus players who have made it to free agency and have gotten their contract. So I mean if you're making between 500 and 600,000 a year and can produce overall what a player making 10, 15, 20 million can do, owners will logically want to substitute towards those cheaper players. In order to get cheaper good high quality cheap players, you're going to have to tank for a few years, draft highly and bring those players up. And then in addition with all this Revenue coming in through all these massive TV deals, owners aren't dependent on selling tickets that they once were. So they're more than happy to have a low payroll and low attendance for a couple of years in order to um, build their teams more cheaply through the draft. Uh,
2: so are, are you saying that the Marlins aren't interested in uh, in selling tickets? I, like, they, that's probably, like, the, the, the best example
0: of, like... is you guys hear what Logan Morrison said when they asked him about playing in uh, an empty stadium? <laughs> <laughs> he said, I've played for Martins and race. I know what it's like. <laughs> but, okay. and, and it's, it's true, right? And,
1: I mean, it's not like they need the revenue to pay for that stadium. They got the taxpayers to take care of that.
2: Yeah, and then I guess they get the rest of their money from what? What is it? The the MLB TV TV deal, or like, is it just uh, revenue sharing?
0: Yep, there's revenue sharing in baseball. There's,
1: they'll, I'm sure they, they do everything they they can to get that revenue sharing um, between that the TV deal. I don't know about their local uh, TV contract through there as well, through that contract as well, and <laughs> sponsorship if they have anybody willing to sponsor that team. If any other reputable brands want to put their logos in, um, around an empty stadium, I'm sure they get it. they make their money that way as
0: well. Let's move on to our main topic. The Toronto Raptors are back.
1: Yes, in uh, Orlando, where they will be playing in a where they are playing in a bubble uh, with 21 other teams or 22 teams total. They've had three. I use the word scrimmage and air quotations are really just preseason games and they did go 2-1 and one in those games. It is the NBA. So an NBA, I mean, this is a league that tries to devalue the importance of the regular seasons so the importance of a preseason game is even less so. So I wouldn't they beat a couple of good teams and then they lost to a not-so-good team in the Phoenix Suns, but were they really trying um, according to Nick nurse he didn't think they didn't think so it was just more they weren't locked in so but I do believe that they can go far I believe that they are healthy they are extremely well coached um, defensively they're incredible um, they adapt to any scheme anything that gets thrown at them they know how to shut down stars so I, I really believe that they have a chance to go really deep in this tournament
2: yeah, and and I think like I I want to believe that they have a chance to go deep, and like you know go, going into the season, um, I was kind of one of those people that was you know I was unsure about how things were going to go this year, and you know I was I was definitely I, I thought they were a playoff team, um, but I was pleasantly surprised that they ended up as high as they did. What they're they're second right now. Um, like I I never thought that was possible. I think. I think if anybody tells you that, that you know, they predicted that, um, you know, I, I might, I might question that a little bit, but you know, maybe there are, there are those believers. Um, but just, you know, going into this, it's just such a strange situation. Um, you know, with such a long layoff, the, the good thing is that we got, we got some young legs. Um, so I, I think that'll help us, you know, going back to what was it? The 98 lockout where, where the Knicks kind of did the same thing with like a bunch of young legs and, uh, they made a run into the final, so I'm, I'm hoping for that. But like, I honestly don't know what's going to happen because it there's so much uncertainty with this.
0: So the first opponent is Lakers, right? What do you guys think of that matchup?
1: It will be an interesting test. Um, going to be heavily watched through with many teams, uh, through by, by many teams in the league. They have a pretty tough. Schedule as a whole. I'm taking a look. I mean, you have Lakers, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Denver. So they they have some pretty good teams to play. And I I don't want to read too much into whatever happens this Saturday. Uh, I really just, given the language, what you've been hearing from Nick Nurse and players is, it's really more about getting ready for the actual playoffs they i mean they have they have a pretty good hold on the two seed although that's not guaranteed they are now just getting healthy getting back into rhythm i think it'll be more of an opportunity for them just to get their conditioning up get their timing up practice schemes like their box and ones and full court presses and triangles and twos and take that and make sure that they are well prepared for the playoffs.
2: Yeah it's it's just such a it's such a tough opponent to get right out of the gate. Like you don't even get that that like you know that cupcake that you kind of can just walk all over to 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 begin with um to come right out of the gate play the Lakers, you know, and the Lakers it's it's not even going to be their opener. I mean they they have a tough opponent in their first game. They're playing the Clippers right off the bat, which you know that that that's going to be a game I want to see, but at the same time it's probably going to be an ugly game. Uh, considering that, you know, both of them are coming off three, you know, like you said, quote unquote scrimmages.
1: And the Clippers
2: won't have Lou Williams either. (laughs) That's a, that's a interesting topic for discussion. I don't, I don't know if we want to, if we want to go into that, but have you guys seen what the food looked like at Magic City? No. So there was a, I think it was an Instagram post. Um, I I don't I think it was just a random, random dude who posted it, but, um, it was like, uh, looked like chicken nuggets or chicken fingers with some fries. And like, it's itch- honestly, like, I-, I don't think I would leave the bubble, but when I heard that he left for dinner, I didn't believe it. And then I saw the food. I'm like, you know what? Maybe he honestly did leave for dinner. Cause it looked good.
0: Well, you would think they could arrange uh, some quality food. I mean, like money's not an issue.
1: Don't they have Uber Eats in Atlanta?
2: Yeah, but h- how much is it going to cost to get that to Orlando?
1: But he wasn't he in Atlanta at the time?
2: Oh, so you... Di- I don't know. See, the thing is, I'm debating whether he actually left for a funeral. I think it was a funeral that he was going to, right?
0: Yep, that's what he said.
2: I mean, I don't know if anybody's questioning that. And, I, like, sorry, Lou, like, I, I, I don't want to question whether, like, you know, somebody actually did pass away. You know, that's probably not, not where I want to go, but... Uh, I I didn't. I just assumed that it was actually for the food at Magic City.
0: Oh, interesting!
1: So he would leave the bubble, put himself and his teammates at risk, all for chicken wings.
2: <laughs>
0: you got hey, to do for food. Go from
1: Orlando to Atlanta for chicken wings.
2: <laughs> you got to see the picture. You got to see the picture.
1: I'm looking at the picture right now. It's good. <laughs> I'm not gonna deny. it. Right, but.
0: Well, both we had a colleague, Ron, and I. We would go wherever we could for cheap food. So, yeah, I you, I can see ball play, ball players doing that the same.
2: Well, for let, good food. Let's also not forget that Magic City is also not just food. <laughs> there, there's more going on there than food. So, I mean, that might have had something to do with it. But I just wonder, would this have come out if, like, I think it was like, uh, who was it? Somebody released the picture accidentally. I'm assuming, but like, would this have come out if that picture never came out? Probably
0: not.
1: Well, um, probably not. But who there? It was actually a uh, when you say somebody released the picture. It was uh,
2: it was Jack Harlow. That's who it was.
1: Yes, thank you. Yes, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a famous person that released that photo. Then he quickly had to take it down <laughs> once he realized. So yeah, Jack Harlow snitched indirectly.
2: Was it was it on the snitch line?
1: What was, was it Jack <laughs> Harlow? Sn, oh, that he broke the code. <laughs> he, I don't know if it's a snitch or a dry snitch or whatever that is, but he did.
2: Oh, Dry Snitch, I forgot about that. Going back to that was a that was going around a lot during the uh uh last dance. Uh was it Jordan talking about uh what was going on in the hotel room?
1: Oh yes. In his rookie in his rookie year. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yep. Yep, yeah, definitely he he um exposed. He didn't name names, but I mean, all you have to do is go on Basketball Reference and look up the locker lock the roster, and um, uh, there's what was it a 15 man roster at that time? So take Jordan out of yeah. the equation, you can name the other 14.
2: Yeah. So uh, j- just transitioning back, I guess to to the Raptors, um, awesome. Do you do you put any any weight into what we've seen the in these three scrimmages or? Uh, you, you think we'll be okay?
0: I think we'll be okay. I think guys are just trying to avoid getting hurt. This is really meaningless for them. It's just probably getting some legs under them at this point.
2: Yeah, and I guess like Nurse was trying out some things. Like, there's the the what's he calling it? The jumbo lineup, um, mm-hmm. which I like. I I think I, I feel like he ran it last year against uh, against the Sixers in the playoffs. Um I don't know if I'm remembering that
0: correctly, but are, have, I think Seattle hitting, was points
1: and then he
2: decided to go.
1: He was trying to avoid going with it. Uh because like that would force Serge to play more at the four where he had his issues the year before, but they were getting killed on the glass and they had to run it.
2: Yeah, and I I'm I'm just not I'm not sold on it. Uh, I know it hasn't looked great. It did help him. Like it has its, I, I think the important thing to remember is it has its time in its place. And I think Nick Nurse is smart enough to know when to use it. And I think he's, he said that, Um, you know, just about his defensive sets too. Like, you know, he's, he's got a lot of, uh, how did he put it? He's got a lot of uh,
1: schemes. Too many. Yeah. He's, he's, have too many. Too many.
2: Schemes. That was it. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, yeah. I think, Um, I, I yeah, I, I think they'll use it. They can do. I mean, they're so flexible. I mean, I was at a game earlier this year where I think they started OG at the two. They they went. Re, I think one of the uh, either Kyle or Fred were hurt. Look, I think Fred was hurt. Kyle was playing, so they wanted to try a big lineup. So they put Pascal at the three, OG at the two, and they started Surge and Gasol uh, together. So and it, I mean, it was against the Wizards, and the Wizards are really under the team right now. But I think that. Where the Drafters failed in the playoffs at times under Casey was that they never really experimented with things throughout the season. So teams could see what they're going to do, prepare for it, expose them. And then when you have to adapt and change the lineup, they were running lineups that they never ran before at all, which made things even more difficult. So by doing all these awkward, funky, strange lineups, in the regular season or scrimmages, it prepares them for whatever comes their way in
0: the playoffs. Yeah. So let me ask you this, guys. So we're big. We feel that they can go deep. What is it that you guys think that may stop them from doing so? Like, what are some of your concerns?
2: Um, yeah. Uh, you know, like, if I just look back at, at what Miami did to them earlier this season, like, I, I know it's one game and it's, it's really different when you have um, a seven game series and, and you're scheming for one team, but you know, M- Miami, when they zoned them and I know Miami is probably like the, one of the other teams that that plays the most zone in the league. But when, when Miami zoned them, like we, yeah, we got good shots um, and we just didn't hit them. But the fact is we didn't hit them. Uh, and I'm just worried that, you know, you go cold and, um, that's the thing, right? You live by the three, you die by the three, and I know that's a lot of teams in the league right now, but it's it's just scary to think that w- w- like, seeing Miami schemes, um, I think that's one of the teams that I'm most worried about shutting us down, uh, and it's just going cold.
1: Yeah. The, Miami has given them some trouble this year, although they, I don't think they ever really played Miami with a full healthy roster, so there, but Miami can defend. I think Jimmy Butler's always been a problem for them. My Bam out of Bayou down low will be a problem for them. I mean he's very he's younger at more athletic and explosive than what Purge and Gasol can do down there, so that will definitely be a, a challenge. And they too are very well coached. Uh, Eric Spolstra is um, an elite coach. I think people forget that. He's kind of been since LeBron left Miami. Really hasn't been that relevant, so people have forgotten how good a coach he really is. Another uh, team that will stand in their way, or a player that will stand in their way, is Giannis. Um, a lot of what they did last year to shut him down was Kawhi that guarded him, and that, and having a mega star player to counter the mega star that Milwaukee throughout them, um, help them come back and win that series. Uh, we do not have that mega star this year. And while we do have some really, really good defenders and they can run a lot of schemes and throw a lot of stuff at them, we don't have that one star player that can just completely take over and dominate a game. I don't think Siakam is at that level yet. So, I like the Raptors' supporting cast better than Milwaukee's supporting cast, but when you have a player like Giannis who can just dominate the game in so many ways, uh, the Raptors don't have that player that can counter that. So they're going to have to do it. Uh, it's going to have to be a team effort on all ends.
2: Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? That like when when things get tough and you know buckets aren't dropping, uh, things aren't going well it always makes things a lot easier when you have that one guy who can just, you know, take the bull by the horns and just, just score. Um, and like that, that's, that's definitely a thing that, that worries me. It's that we don't, we don't have that guy. And I think going back to even the, the Casey teams where, you know, we were, we were a well-balanced team. Um, yeah. We had Damar. Yeah. We had Kyle, but you know, neither one of them was really ever able to, just pull the team out of the mud when we were struggling. And and I I, like, I don't know, but I don't, I'm not sure that we have that, that guy that's going to do that for us. Maybe maybe this is where somebody, you know, kind of steps up and takes the next step. Maybe it's Siakam, but I'm just, it's definitely one of the concerns.
1: Yeah, definitely. I do believe that they are a much better defensive team than they were in those Demar Deroles and Dwayne Casey years, so the need for some like to someone to take for someone to just take over the offense may not be as strong because they should be able to. Um, they should be able to uh, contain scoring on the other end, but if they still need to have a guy that can. Where you can just say, like as you said, Ron, just take the ball and go, take the ball and get us a bucket somehow. Go one on one and score.
2: So two, two things that got a lot of press going into, into the bubble. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Like um, Gasol, Skinny Gasol and, and, and Jack Boucher. Um, you guys have any thoughts on, uh, on, on how that's going to help us or if it's going to hinder us in any way?
0: I don't know how much impact it's going to have uh, in a somewhat shortened season, right? I mean, especially, like, Gasol at his age probably would have been... Like, if he were this big to start a season, you'd expect that he'd probably last a little bit longer, could play a little few more minutes. But I I don't know what kind of impact he's going to have this season.
1: A lot of players around the league have come back in shape. A lot of guys got... whether they put on muscle, lost the weight they had to lose, got shredded. So I... I believe that it's all going to balance balance out through. It's going to balance out throughout the league. I think a a lot of players uh, use that time to um, get their bodies in order, um, who may have uh, were unable to do so due to injury or whatever reason. So, good to see that they didn't just sit around during the quarantine and during. The-
0: Unlike Brad Junior,
1: like who? Unlike who?
0: Brad. Not- Vlad oh, Jr. And,
1: yeah, let's not get started there. <laughs> but uh, I really believe that it's all going to – fitness and the conditioning is all going to battle. I mean, look around the league. Jason Tatum came back in really good shape. Uh, you see Rondo with the Lakers. He just got jacked and shredded as well. So there are – it's not unique to them. It's not unique to yeah. the A lot of uh, players took advantage of that time off.
2: Just going back to what you guys said, is, is Vlad Jr. significantly... And for those of you listening who aren't sure who we're talking about, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from the Blue Jays, is he significantly bigger than he was before? He looks the same to me.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he, he looks much, much bigger. Apparently, he came to spring training in shape, if I remember correctly. but <laughs> He lost a lot. Oh, man. like he, he looks big.
1: Yeah, so he did last offseason a lot of... Like he was posting Instagram photos of his workouts, and he did lose weight, looked more muscular when he came to spring spring training, and then the training camp got shut down. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know what his what kind of accommodations he had or where he was staring, staying during that time off. But he looks like he did last year, rather than what he looked like in March. And it's not like he came to.
0: I think he looks worse.
1: Yeah, at that point, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what was he? 250? 250?
0: Yeah, I think it's something so like that.
1: At that point, when you're like, well, what's 10 pounds? You're there at that point, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is it just his body? I mean, his dad was never like that. Uh, no. His dad was lanky. Side, his mom's side, But I don't know. I mean, you would think that growing up with a um, Father that played in the majors, growing up in clubhouses with an uncle that played in the majors, an uncle that runs a camp in the Dominican. Like you'd have certain advantages of learning how to take care of his body well and training. So maybe this is just his body type.
0: Well, I think he's always going to be a big guy. That's no, there's no doubt about that. But uh, I think you just want to see better conditioning, and I think that's why. Blue Jays just decided, let's just put him at first base. You can't go through a 60-game season trying, you know, especially if they feel that they have a chance uh, to go into the playoffs, especially with expanded playoffs. I don't think that they, they wanted to, you know, keep him at third base. Like, they have better options on the roster. Why not just move him to first base now, which eventually was going to happen anyways down the road? Yep.
1: I can't. Um. That's exact, I can't say anything else. Like that's exactly what it is. What put him there? I mean, why? Why delay the inevitable? Right.
2: Yeah, and 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 just getting back to to the whole Gasol and Boucher thing. Like it's it's three games. Like Boucher hasn't looked great. Um. Hopefully, hopefully that doesn't carry on. Um. But. I just, you know, for a guy who relies on just, you know, getting up quickly and and just using his lankiness to his advantage, I just hope that the extra weight, and it might not like it's, it's what, 10, 15 pounds. Um, It it might not have a big impact on his game, but like, I don't know that he necessarily needed it. Uh, And it's funny, like I saw in a couple of possessions, I think when he was, um, I don't know if it was in the Suns game or if it was in the Portland game, but he was guarding somebody in the post and it's like, he almost forgot. That he had the extra weight, it might have been against Kaminsky in the Suns game. It, it's almost like he forgot the extra weight and that he had that extra strength, and he was holding on to Kaminsky in the post, and like he just leaned in and and took a took a bad foul or gave up a basket or something because he leaned in. It's just like you know, it, it's like he hasn't learned to play with it yet. So it might it might not necessarily help him now. Hopefully, it does. Like I, I love. Uh, I love Boucher, so I'm I'm hoping that it that it helps him. And, and just with Gasol, like you can see, he's got an extra little bit of bounce. But I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily going to make a, a huge difference. I know there are some people who are worried about him being a little weaker because he lost weight and not being able to handle Embiid. I I think he's he's living in Embiid's head, so I think he's going to be able to ha- handle Embiid no problem.
1: Yeah, and M- Embiid will probably get injured anyways before they play each other.
2: Did Embiid come back in, in better shape? I haven't seen him yet. I don't know if you guys have seen him at all, but that's one of the guys who, like, he's it's, it's that's always been the knock on him. Like, Jokic, too. I know Jokic came back looking looking a lot slimmer, but, like, Embiid was the one guy where I was thinking, like, it, it, did he come back better? I don't know.
1: He's injured again. He, he didn't play in any of the Philly scrimmages, or Philly scrimmages, so he has a ra- right calf tightness. But that's the challenge that he Embiid is always going to have, is that because he's hurt so often... It's a chicken and egg scenario. Is he hurt so often because he's not in the best shape, or can he not get into shape because he is hurt so much?
2: Yeah, and and, and I think that's like that's the risk you take having Embiid as as your guy. Um, uh, like I'm I'm not I'm not concerned about Philly at all in this whole thing. Um, I know they're moving. Like I don't know if you guys heard, but they're moving Simmons to power forward. Yep. Um, Taking the ball, mm-hmm. out, like taking the ball out of his hands, and I, I was watching a like it was an old interview with Jimmy Butler, where Jimmy Butler was, uh, it was on, um, on Reddick's podcast, on JJ Reddick's podcast, and he and he was saying how like you know that was one of the things that Jimmy wanted when he was there was that you know he wanted the ball in his hands and was suggesting uh, you know maybe we take the ball out of uh, out of Simmons's hands sometimes and give it to me and like. Uh, they they just weren't the Sixers just weren't willing to do it, uh, and I, I think that's ultimately why he left. Like they didn't they didn't have enough trust in him. But like I don't know that Philly Philly scares me in any way. I think it's definitely going to be going to be the Bucks and uh, obviously Boston and and I th- I think Miami to a to a less, to a certain extent too that that I'm that I'm going to be looking at.
1: Yeah, they weren't playing very well before the league was suspended. I don't think they're as talented as they were last year. They don't Reddick played a big role for them. They don't have they needed his shooting. They needed his spacing. They don't have that anymore. Butler was a really good player for them. They don't have that anymore. Horford hasn't fit in the way that they would have liked. I don't know, they I mean and this and I don't think he fits his game doesn't fit with MB. And, and they brought him in, I guess, to be the veteran, maybe the grown up in the room to maybe help bring Embiid along, but it hasn't, I don't think it's worked. Um, he's a center. They're both centers. They're going to, the the league is getting bigger. I mean, smaller, they're spacing more. I don't know how you can play, run with two centers like that. I mean, at least, like, I mean, the Raptors at times have that issue. If you want to go with Gasol and Surge together and, but they they don't have to run that lineup. At times, Philly will need to run it because they just don't have the depth or the shooting around around each other player.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and so so like I don't, I don't want to like obviously this is Raptors centric podcast, but um, just looking at looking around the league is is there anybody like aside from the obvious ones? Is there anybody you guys are going to be keeping an eye on? Any dark horses? Anybody you think could could come out and just? you know, make some noise that maybe other people don't expect?
1: The Denver Nuggets.
2: This was your secret pick, huh?
1: That was the sleeper. The
2: sleeper. The sleeper pick, Yeah, the sleeper.
1: They're third in the West. Uh, We have skinny Jokic now. He lost a lot. He was not in great shape. And now we have skinny Jokic. Um, you got some pretty—I mean, you got some really good team. Like you got Millsap, who's still a very good player. You have Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Is there? Um, you got some really just a, a solid team. Gary Harris is a damn good player as well, and people forget about how good they are. So they were second in the West last year. Went to Game Seven of Round Two. And that was a close series with Portland and a close Game 7 as well. We forget we yeah. had the Kawhi shot that afternoon. Portland pl- played Denver. So now a lot of their younger players had that run under them. They went through a tough series with San Antonio where San Antonio wasn't the team they were, but they had to go up against uh, a Greg Popovich coached team and got through it. And now then they went to a more experienced Faced, went toe to toe with the more experienced Portland team and took it to Game Seven. I think they have
2: the potential to make a run. So, so you just mentioned my my dark horse. Uh, like I, I think this is a, a popular pick right now. Uh, but the Blazers, mm-hmm. um, especially like g- getting Merkic back, makes them a much different team. Uh, especially when you don't have to play Whiteside. Like I'm a I don't want to say i'm a white side hater but i'm a Whiteside hater um i i don't love what Whiteside brings and and just swapping swapping Nur- Nurkic for Whiteside, i think it 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 just makes them a much more dangerous team and then you you have you have dame on there uh you have skinny mellow now um i don't i don't know how much how much mellow is gonna do but you know just dame Nurkic and uh and cj like that that's that's pretty dangerous, you know. It got them, it got them deep last year, and right now I think they're sitting right at the threshold. They're three and a half back of the Grizzlies, and like I think that's one of those teams that nobody's going to want to play.
0: Right. Okay. My sleeper pick is the Clippers. You can't,
1: you can't do <laughs> <way you're> Rod. <on. laughs>
0: I knew somebody was going to do it. If Rod can pick Houston Astros as a sleeper pick, yeah, I can pick Clippers. Maybe,
1: uh... That, that, yeah, he, he embarrassed himself last <laughs> week. I mean, firstly, sucking up to Rob Manfred, and secondly, picking the team that went to the World Series last year as the sleeper.
0: Yeah, that's what. And what? Uh, Vegas has them as like third favorites or something?
1: Third, I believe. I think mean, Yankees are first. Who was it? The second. I think the, maybe the Dodgers may, might have been the second, but yeah, they were third.
2: Where, where are the Marlins on that list? Are they, are they anywhere near the top?
1: Not applicable. They're not playing. <laughs> uh, actually, the Dodgers, yeah, the Dodgers and the Yankees are at the same odds. Um, we're tied for first, and then the, the Astros are second or third, and then the Rays are after the Astros.
0: So let me ask you this, guys. How long do you think before uh, MLB shuts down its season?
1: It's not gonna happen because it's the MLB. They're not gonna. No matter what, they're gonna put. They're gonna force the season through.
0: This was such a. I don't want to say, but what a disaster!
1: Ron, it's your home team. Come on, right, we gotta hear it. <laughs> uh,
2: how many games? I think they'll probably win more games. Uh, not playing than they would have. Uh, if they had actually been participating in the in the season right now um, man like I, it, it's you know sometimes it's embarrassing to call myself a Marlins fan I don't I don't know why I still have that connection I think I'm still holding on to those still th- those two world series and I'm just remembering the days of like the glory days of Gary Sheffield
1: How did you feel when they blew up the team the first time
2: uh you know I, I was so like how young would I, I was i was young so like i I didn't really understand what was going on and like even even when they got all the stars to begin like when they built that team to begin with like i, I didn't understand how they did it uh i didn't understand yeah. why they blew it up like i was i was definitely disappointed um and but the fact that they won a second world series after that though was just like with those young arms that they had like i was man i was i was excited.
1: Dontrell Willis, the D-train.
2: Yeah, he, he, and, and he fell off a cliff afterwards, too. Where did he go, Detroit, and just...
1: Yeah, he went to Detroit, so he started to decline quite a bit, and then Detroit wanted Miguel Cabrera, and uh, part of the deal was you take Dontrell Willis as well. It worked out for Detroit.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like That was another, like getting rid of Miguel was, was heartbreaking too. But by that time, like, I don't, I feel like I still, still was watching the Marlins. Like not watching. Cause I, I think it was a lot harder to watch, uh, the Marlins back in those days because like just without the internet and stuff. And I don't think there was anything like, like an MOB package without paying through the nose for it. But, um, I think by that time I I'd, I'd mostly moved over to the Jays. Like I was at one point a pretty, uh, a pretty big Jays hater. I was the kid in the during the the back to back World Series at school wearing. I, I don't know if it was a Yankees hat or even though I hated the Yankees, but I was wearing either a Yankees hat or or uh, or an Orioles hat one time, and then uh, a National League umpire's hat to school on Blue Jay Day.
0: Wow! Oh, you guys remember when Elaine wore that Orioles hat to uh, the Yankees game?
2: Great episode. <laughs> Because that—that's that, totally what I would do. Football game. So, have you guys? Uh, are there any games that you guys are going to be looking out for, like on the on the on the calendar? Any any teams that you really want to watch, like aside from your dark horses?
1: Basketball in the, I. Just yeah
2: yeah yeah sorry yeah.
1: The teams that we normally watch, the good teams. Uh, I'd like to see how you know somebody like uh Dallas with uh, Luka Doncic going to his first playoff run like like i'd like to see how they do your dark horse blazers um i like to see them uh see how they do with a healthy roster maybe even the rockets i want to see how this uh super small ball lineup works in a playoff series
2: yeah and i i don't know how long that works for but but i love the fact that they're trying it
1: yeah I lo- i'm not a rockets fan uh, I do think that they are. They come across as very whiny at times. Last year, they said we would have gone to the finals had Chris Paul not gotten hurt, or two years ago. And then last season, Kevin Durant gets hurt. They couldn't win the series. And then they released some report where their analytics team like released a report of all the bad calls that ref- the referees made, which cost them... Uh, going to the finals in two thousand eighteen, just they come across extremely whiny and way too data driven. However, I think it makes sense for them to do it because I don't Capella just wasn't working, especially with Westbrook. Because Westbrook is a guy that likes needs to drive to the basket all the time, and Capella was getting in his way. So if you are not gonna have a, if you don't have a center that's gonna fit that system, just get rid of the center altogether. I mean, keeping him on the roster wouldn't have helped. So you might as well just get rid of them, give Westbrook those lanes and just see what happens. They have nothing to lose.
2: So do you hate them more or less with Westbrook in place of Chris Paul?
1: Mm. I have a uh, this weird love-hate relationship with Westbrook because as a fan, I love watching him play. I love the energy. I love – like. This guy doesn't do load management. He doesn't take it easy, like many other players. In a April, on a game in the middle of February, uh, on a Wednesday night against the nothing team, he still brings it. And I think as a fan, that's very much appreciated. Although, but watching the way he he's fallen on his face a few times uh, in the playoffs since Kevin Durant left, like bad decisions. The way he behaves with the media when they ask very reasonable questions, and just he just um, is very rude with them, and not very, um, uh, not doesn't behave professionally. I don't like that side of it because he he he's his own worst enemy. But do I hate them more or less? Probably a little less, just because I, they're not. As predictable a team, I mean they do. I mean it's they are. Uh, you'll get to see a little bit more again, like driving to the basket with Westbrook. Some more pull-up mid-range, and even though the mid-range shot is dead, it's still fun as a fan to watch. Uh, he's a more enter, just a more athletic, dynamic player than Chris Paul is. So I would say I hate them less, but I still hate them. <laughs>
2: I've actually started to like them a little bit more. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the fact that I wanted to see Harden hit 40 points per game. Like, I think that would have been insane to see somebody average 40 points per game. So maybe that's why I started to like them a little bit more. But, like, I've never been a fan of Westbrook. But for whatever reason, (laughs) Westbrook on the Rockets compared to Westbrook on OKC, I hate him a lot less. Um, And, like, I, I kind of want to see... Harden get a little bit more credit. I know people love to hate on Harden, but I I just want to see him actually do something in the playoffs and get them. Like, if they won the championship, I like obviously I want the Raptors to win, but if the Rockets won, it'd be interesting, I think. Um, Somebody different, and just I just want to see Harden get something. I want him to see get get some more credit, get some accolades. Hey, uh,
0: I guess we want to wrap this up. I think we're past 40 minutes. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, sure. Okay. So yeah. So last thing, last thing, I'll just throw in some, uh, I just want to throw in some, some games to watch. Uh, Cause I did the research, so we might as well throw it in. Um, but obviously the, the Lakers Clippers, which, which is like, you know, kicks things off on, uh, on the 30th of July. Um, it, it might be a sloppy game, but just to see those two teams go at each other, like I, I'm always down to see uh, a LeBron Kawhi matchup, Um the other game that I really want to see is uh, the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Um, the Pelicans were one of those teams where, you know, I, I was going to pick them as my dark horse just because, man, Zion is such a pleasure to watch. And just the, the, his, his style and just everything about him. Like, I, I really love the kid. And I I like Zion against John Morant. It, it doesn't get a lot more exciting than that. And to see both of those guys play head to head, yeah, it's the bubble, but, you know, it'll be interesting. And the last game, um, just because of the, 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 no pun intended, the heat that's going to be involved in this, but the heat against the Pacers. And that's like, I don't know if you guys remember, but the Jimmy Butler, uh, TJ Warren beef that happened, like, I don't know if it was like in February or something. And I think Jimmy Butler sent out, I don't know if it was a tweet or a post on Instagram where he circled, the March, I think it was the March seventeenth game against the Pacers. Uh, I want to see what happens. I, you know, it might have, it might be that so much time has passed that you know nothing happens. But just to see the possible blowback from that last game, I think it'll be interesting.
0: I think players have a pretty uh, good memory of these things. Like uh, I think you're right the, the, there would be more to this game for sure.
1: Another game uh, that I would that on Saturday uh, in, in the afternoon. Miami versus Denver, I think, will be a very good game. Uh, two potential dark horse teams, so to speak, that could go uh, very deep. And even the Pelicans and the Clippers on Saturday as well. Like you get Zion going up against Kawhi and Paul George, that should be interesting. Because how would those two guys guard him? They're those are the elite defenders on that team. So, along with Patrick Beverly, so that would be a. That will be very interesting as well, seeing how um, Zion goes up against a team of uh, league guys like
2: that. Yeah, and I think the good thing about this format um, is that you get rid of you know, the lesser teams that may not be as interesting. Um, and you just have, more, for, the, for the most part, Like I, I don't think the Wizards really have any business being there. But um, for the most part, you're getting good matchup after good matchup. Um, the one downside of not having the bad teams in there is, I was really curious to see if if the if the Pistons were were there with all the coaches wearing their casual attire. Do you guys think that Dwayne Casey would have pulled out the big suits?
0: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He loves it. Oh yeah!
1: He would have busted up Hawaiian flower shirt and overflies. dress man man I don't get that. all those years no media member ever brought that up all of this nobody why Like, it's a legitimate question
0: <laughs> those are iconic suits I am telling you once he retires from coaching Raptors should hang one of his suits of the Raptor laughter
2: Oh man. <laughs> Nobody wanted to suit shame him. You don't want to suit shame the guy.
1: Yes. Yeah. Sayujiri, who is a extremely well-dressed executive, ever like told him like, "Coach, come on, man. Like, we're representing an organization here. Like, taper her up." <laughs> uh, poor man.
0: Yeah, like, I can he's see that.
1: It's a, uncle, he's a like, good dude, though. Uh, you love him, but like you can't.
0: Yeah, it seems like that.
1: You feel, hey, but you make fun of him at the same time.
0: You know the funny thing about Dwayne Casey is my dad, who knows nothing about basketball. Every time he watches the Moors uh, ad, he it reminds him of Dwayne Casey. Why
1: we call him Uncle Dwayne? So let me, defend, let me defend Moore's here because I've walked <laughs> by their uh, location on Yonge Street and I've seen, I mean, they were during the quarantine, during the lockdown, but they were, they had their display, even though they were closed. The display See, dropped. this is the kind of stuff and media would sell sell never talk like about. That, like that, he, he donates his old boots to the Moore's soup drive.
0: That's what he used to do. Oh, like, we that's how him. the
1: whole Moore's thing started. <laughs> but it's like I mean, I guess, like, you know, they're so big, you donate one and you can make two out
0: of them. All right. I think that's a good note for us to uh, end our first episode. Well, we hope you you all enjoyed. uh, And um, if you liked our episode, please subscribe and uh, leave a review. We would really appreciate that. And I think we'll come back for a post-Raptors game show, I think. I think
2: so. Yeah. yeah i think we should do
0: that yeah for sure all right sounds good guys have a great day